Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to For Geek's Sake. My name is Al Sterling in the studio today with producer Dan. Hey, everybody. And our technical director, Eli. Hey, what's going on? Uh, we are down once again, mm-hmm. uh, our co-host Liz. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much of what goes on. Mm-hmm. I will say that, um, you know, she missed the one time because of the thing that did definitely did not involve German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Right. Uh, and as such, she uh, definitely was not recruited to do occasional missions for a certain three-letter organization mm-hmm. that starts with a C and ends with an A. Mm. So uh, I believe at the moment last I saw, she was wearing a slinky sequin dress on the way to go win a poker game for some nuclear launch codes, I think. Mm. Uh, I mean, not what's happening. That is not what's happening. It's amazing that we get her as many Tuesday nights as we do. We, I know. With all of her exploits. <laughs> you know, like, well, and what's crazy is actually, you know, she was actually here right up until about 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. uh, when she got this envelope that she read and then it exploded. We had to clean that mess up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, but we could, but she was already out the door in a slinky sequin dress. And here we are cleaning up ashes and. Right. So if you're, if you see the smoke damage, uh, if you're watching the YouTube. In our brand new studio. Brand new studio. Thanks for the singe marks. Yeah. We're talking, billing this to the federal government. Uh, speaking of brand new studio, can I tell you about something right here? Hmm. So if you're watching on our YouTube video, you'll notice that there is a, um, there's an object of great temptation sitting on my table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Papa Sabs. Papa Sabs. Papa Sabs. Papa Sabs. Is this ridiculously amazing restaurant uh, right underneath mm-hmm. us? Not right underneath. Oh, hang on. Enhance. Uh, <laughs> enhance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they do this med- they do Mediterranean food, and uh, it's like it's a husband and wife team, and the wife cooks the greatest, just greatest damn food ever. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing really well calorically because I'm trying to not die from yeah. like a I'm 37, so I'm trying, to, I'm, trying not to, I'm trying to live till 40. I'm just trying to make it to 40. It's mm-hmm. uh, a good thing we moved in above a sandwich shop. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a Chinese place, food place. <laughs> the 8-8 Panda is legit, too, but Papa right? Sabs, mm-hmm. his, the, the, the wonderful woman, she made these Rice Krispie treats homemade with M&Ms and little chocolate sprinkles. And so now the game I'm playing with myself is, can I, can, will that survive till the end of the show? Mm. What do you think? No. No, no, no. Eli, what do you think? The that treat till end of show. Yeah, that doesn't make it past the second segment. No, <laughs> <laughs> possible. Uh, let's see what have we got. Oh, our giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so, folks, don't forget we are doing our iTunes giveaway. Uh, we are giving. Uh, so, if you go and give us a review on iTunes, or if you have previously given us a review on iTunes, we are giving away five free games to the uh, to a lucky random person. If you've already done a review, you're good. If mm-hmm. you haven't, please do so. It will not matter uh, what your review is, although we'd prefer you were nice to us. Uh, we are giving away Mafia 3, NBA Playgrounds, Loot, I'm sorry, Lost Castle, Moon Hunter, and the Kerbal Space Program. Uh, and all five of these games can be, you can either have yourself or we can give them to somebody else. All of it's through Steam, which works on, it's, which is a free download. And then the games we're also giving you away for free. Uh, and that's available through iTunes, uh, iTunes, through Mac and PC. Yep. And all that stuff. Uh, so. Question Can I win that? No. I'll, I'll leave a review. Maybe. No. no. That's not, no. not fair. No. no. Okay. Not being told no. Uh, that's wait, wait, who's in charge here? <laughs> Well, I mean, That's like, why. officially or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like my name's on it, but that doesn't really I mean, mean 
Uh, can somebody leave more than one review? Like, can you no. cheat the system by doing the I mean, 20 no, reviews? But you could have your friends and family do it. Oh, true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then just Make promise, your kids. promise them like maybe NBA playgrounds and you keep Moon Hunter. Moon Hunter looks really good. It's like Lost Castle, Moon Hunter, and Kerbal Space Program are three little indie games, but yeah. they all look legit like Moon Hunter especially has been my one well, I'll keep an eye on. Anyway, uh, also have some Patreon news. Uh, I got to tell you guys about Joe. What's up with Joe? So Joe uh, recently backed us at our uh, $10. What was our 10 Was that the Elon or was it that guy? That's the Elon. That's the Elon. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He recently backed us at the Elon. Uh, Impressive, at, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. It's mm-hmm. funny you should mention that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny he backed it at the Elon. He actually backed it at the Elon as a joke with Elon Musk, mm-hmm. uh, who goes to him constantly uh, for advice. And actually, the whole humans are underrated thing yep. mm-hmm. that was credited to Elon, actually, that's what Joe told him several years ago when he was pushing for too much automation at Tesla. Mm. And Joe said, listen, humans are underrated. You need to keep more of a he human look He just inception that, that shit into his brain. And then he did. And a couple so years later, Elon, here we are. Right. And so and really, a lot of the issues that we've talked about with Tesla's been experiencing, Joe has been the one they've brought in to consult. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy uh, we discussed briefly, the guy who tried to bring in, who tried to get him kicked off, mm. the shareholder. Not Joe. Uh, not No, no, no. But he wanted Joe... To take over, no. Joe actually took care of that by stepping in and saying, first of all, I'm not taking over. Second of all, stop it. Mm-hmm. Here, Elon, here's some tips. Mm-hmm. And now Tesla's uh, turning the corner. Well, good on you, Joe. So, Joe, we appreciate your support. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, you guys talk about JLMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. JLMO was backing us at the um, at the $3, uh, which uh, I don't think it, was, it does have a, does it have a name. Nope, nope. Nope. She's back as $3. Yeah. You can do any number between, you know, one and infinity. Right. So right, right. preferably infinity. <laughs> right. I don't even know what we'd do if we got like somebody back to like $1,000 a month. I just don't even know what we would do with that at that point. <laughs> um, waste it, I think, is really the. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, we uh, would. It would be great. The, anyway, It'd be so. So uh, fun to waste. JLMO. JLMO is backing us at the $3 level. She is now backing us at the $20 level. <laughs> Uh, the, <laughs> which is called currently the Liz's mom level. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if we need, need to name it something different because no, she was the first. That's yep. true. That no, was, that's true. She will always be the first. That is true. So yeah, mm-hmm. back in at the, at the Liz's mom level, uh, which means that she gets her own segment. And so I talked with JLMO about what she wanted to do. Uh-huh. And, uh, her segment is going to be, and is going to involve, uh, recommending books. Oh, are right. they? Yeah. Are they all going to be in the Dresden series file? No, uh, this Dresden is not, file series. This is I should not say her recommendation. They're my recommendation. They're her recommendation. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, well, I thought I, we were just going for a theme. You okay. actually might recall, if you recall, JLMO is actually an author herself and uh, wrote the McShane murder mystery. I'm sorry, McShane mini mystery series. Yep. Uh, which you can grab off of uh, Kindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're short. I mean, actually, I got a little thing here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually. I don't ever read copy. That's not right because you sound here. like you're reading copy. Right, right. But I'm going to read copy. Okay, All right. uh, word for word. And I quote: <laughs> "We now bring you a new segment titled JLMO presents. JLMO is the author of the McShane mini mystery series. You will remember the mini mysteries from your childhood. Well, same concept, only for grown-ups. Be warned, though, they can be intense." Mm. This segment will include Jay's recommendations for your next read. And if you've read it already, you can always go to her Amazon author page and pick up one of her own offerings. 
Up first for JLMO Presents is longtime Florida writer Carl Hyacin's Assume the Worst. This is Oh, the Places You'll Never Go, the ultimate and hilarious, cynical, but absolutely realistic view of a college graduate's future and what he or she can or can't do about it. The hilarious novel opens with, This commencement address will never be given because graduation speakers are supposed to offer encouragement and inspiration. That's not what you need. You need a warning. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Dun-dun-dun. I hope you enjoy the read or listen, depending because yeah. the thought it's also yeah. not right. Right. So that's that was her first. Right. Are you guys reading? sounds like a, a writer wrote that. It does, doesn't it? Impressive. Uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't. Actually, it sounded like an asshole read it. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I I do really enjoy Carl Hyacin though. He's yeah. he's legit. Like if you like, there's not a whole lot of really truly authentic Florida writers out there. Yeah. Uh, but Carl Hyacin does it real well. Actually, and so does actually so does JMO. Although her stuff is set in a fictional town, and so is JLMO. Actually, yeah. Oh, I see what mm -hmm. JLMO did there. Mm -hmm. She recommended Hyacinth because mm -hmm. her, yeah, I like what she did there. She did the scene. Uh, I like so, when Al connects the dots live <laughs> for us. Yep. I want it to be, to be real. Uh, also, last piece I have before we get started on the show today. That'd be great. Um, we have some very exciting baby news. Oh. Yeah. Our senior depression correspondent. Slash archivist. Yeah, our archivist. Uh, whichever <laughs> you want. Uh, um, we are very exci excited. That's uh, Brad. Uh, not, not T. Brad for Petrino, Esquire, no, 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 and Associates. No, no. But this is Brad's senior depression correspondent slash archivist. All right. uh, has, was pleased to welcome Emerson <laughs> Lee Hinton on Friday, May 11th at 8.44 p.m. Coming in at 7 pounds, 15 ounces. And 21 inches. Oh, Fantastic. Right. Congrats. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, we should also mention. That puts uh, him in the two baby club, right? Uh, yep. 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 He now officially mm -hmm. has two children. Mm -hmm. And with all that extra time you're going to have, I'm going to need you, Brad, to go through the archives <laughs> <laughs> and start pulling me some footage. I'll make up a list for you. You just let me know. Just, you just go. You all have that free time you've got. <laughs> actually, when, you, when they're that young, you actually do have quite a bit of spare time that you could just sit there. Yeah. Like, you can't do anything because you're holding It's like the baby. watching potatoes grow. I mean, right. You just yeah, but you like, can watch Game of Thrones. It doesn't matter what you're watching. That is true. Because yeah. they can't absorb any of it. Mm -hmm. That's true. My uh, my one year old, when he was one, mm -hmm. uh, watched, I think, eight or nine seasons of Supernatural. <laughs> oh, God, unless they do absorb it, or that one does. Yeah. Maybe his <laughs> is the one. And then he's just going to grow up with horrible taste. <laughs> oh, don't you dog. Don't you dog it. <laughs> let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. When, when suddenly the temperature drops, he's going to be the one reaching for a cold iron, and you're going to be the one that's dead. Okay? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag Winchester's forever. <laughs> Hashtag Sam and Dean. It's, uh, it's lost on both of us. Yeah, I know. This was, that was, that was the funny. audience can't hear us shaking our head. I don't but, care. Yeah. I don't care what they get. They the, can audience, see it, though. Yeah. the audience knows uh, Supernatural because they actually watch. This Week in Geek. <laughs> Starting off here, uh, we are. Oh, okay. So we're talking <laughs> Star Wars. I like when I'm surprised when it comes up here. <laughs> I took my. I did all my notes. I spent like the past hour while these two guys have been working. I spent the last hour playing video games on my computer. Um, and so now I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Um, so John Favreau gave us John Favreau 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 mm -hmm. uh, gave us some new details on his upcoming Star Wars series mm -hmm. and. In case you guys are not keeping all of this straight, I wanted to recap our current star, our current active Star Wars, pro our, our, sorry, upcoming Star Wars projects. Uh -huh. We have. Did you ever think this would be a problem that you would have in life? God, I always too much Star Wars coming out. I always hoped. <laughs> uh, solo movies coming up. Uh -huh. Episode nine. Yeah. Uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah. 
There's also the anime Star Wars series. There's also the rumored Boba Fett movie. Well, no, no, just these, these <laughs> just confirmed yet. I haven't gotten okay. to those yet. Confirmed, yeah. Uh, confirmed is the the anime Star Wars series and the and then the Favreau Star Wars series, which we'll talk about more in depth in just a second. Yep. Right. In addition to the rumored stuff, which includes uh, a trilogy coming to to us from um, the guys that do Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, Bonhoeff and Weiss. And then uh, uh, several other rumored solo movies, including Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, and then Yoda were the three big ones that you hear tossed around. Yeah. So that's what's currently coming down the pike. That doesn't touch what's currently out there, which includes um, the Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Mm-hmm. I think it's still act up and active. And then so many books and comic books of which I have read a lot. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. Anyway, so John Favreau's. Uh, so this was the live action series, mm-hmm. TV series. It's going to be set seven years uh, after Return of the Jedi. So do we know what's carrying this? Like where, where we can find it when it happens? No, I'm going to bet it shows up on one of the Disney streaming things. Yeah. That's but we haven't gotten anything confirmed yet. Right. Um, so the. OK, so here's the deal. I'm going to get some hardcore. I'm going to get some hardcore nerd here real quick for you. OK. So this thing is set uh, seven years after Return of the Jedi, right? So um, the Return of the Jedi is set at uh, at four ABY. Mm-hmm. Do either one of you either yeah. one of you deep enough to know what ABY stands for? No, well, hand hand hand. Nope, nothing. Mm-hmm. No, uh, ABY is after the Battle of Yavin. So the Battle of Yavin in Star Wars is when they they they're BC AD. Mm-hmm. ABY is after the Battle of Yavin because that's when the things to death start. The, the, no, okay. So, um, <laughs> so that's when Je- Return of the Jedi is set. So this is seven years after that. So a few Forces of Destiny episodes. Uh, well, well hang on. to keep to keep us on track. So then, what would be after this? It's in like the main overarching movie yeah, scenario. So type this thing. is so it's set between um, uh, six and seven. Okay, but much much closer to six. Okay, yeah. so there's a forty year gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Thirty. Thirty. Darn it! That one I know. Yeah, you're right. Thirty. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a thirty year gap between uh, between the, between the two movies uh-huh. during which time. There are there's there's a lot of content that's being created in this time frame here. Mm-hmm. So um, not a whole lot of it on screen though. There's a bunch of the comic books. There's a bunch of the novels that are set in this time period. Uh, and then I think w- there's rumors that when we pick up uh, some of the stuff for Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. some of that might get into this time period. Um, although that's all just rumors. Mm. Uh, and then the see, but and then the Forces of Destiny, which is the series of YouTube videos animated that's currently ongoing that they're still dropping new content right, right. on. Uh, we talked about that a few times. So some of that has been set here. Uh, but there is a, uh, but there, there's not, there, there's a whole lot of uh, still empty space in this one. Mm. So this will be, da, 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 da. so to put this in here, uh, let me try, make sure I've got my can, my, all my, my stuff here. Uh, with the tie-in novels Last Shot and Bloodline are taking place in 7 ABY and 28 ABY, and this series will take place at 11 ABY. So, uh, so 11 years after the first Death Star blows up, effectively, is what you're talking about. It's a lot of content. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a live-action series coming to us from the guy who, who launched the MCU. Yeah. Yes. 
and he is stupid excited about it too. Like you saw in the interview, he was inter- he got interviewed by Dan Casey over at Nerdist, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, that was where he shared the the timing and he kind of talked a little bit about it. And he is stupid excited. Well, not only did he launch the MCU, but he's also one of the major contributing factors to the live action Disney models, like the the. Oh, that's right. Wasn't he? On Jungle he did Book? Jungle Book and Lion King. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and I think he's man, on board for a couple of the other ones coming up. It's so strange to me because you see him like I'm used to seeing him playing characters like he actually like he plays not happy and yeah. Iron, mm-hmm. Iron Man like or couples retreat yeah. like, like like a hapless like kind of goofy dude who doesn't really quite know what's going on. Yeah, but holy shit, this guy's an artistic genius. It, yeah, I'm, he is I'm brilliant. Glad he's really concentrating now on the directing and writing side of things because I think that's where his real talent lies. <laughs> that was that was that was a backhanded compliment right no, there. No, 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 no. I think he's a perfectly fine actor. I mean, he's not won any Oscars, but no, uh, no, but he's, he's but he can carry his own. But I think that he's a brilliant director and writer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're very excited. So yeah, this will be the live action piece. So this will be set right after Return of the Jedi, whereas the anime one we started we talked about a while ago mm-hmm. will be set pretty um, a little bit closer to Force Awakens, right? So, there you go. So that's all he's said so far is the time frame. Yeah, he's still. There's still a lot of stuff that they haven't re- revealed yet. So yeah. that one's done. Yeah, but they have. I uh, can't imagine the teams Disney has right now, like just working on all these projects on Star Wars. Just the well, the the thing that I there's there is a this is an actual goddamn job. Uh, there's a team of people whose job it is to keep all of the different Star Wars pieces. Like and continuity and continuity. Mm-hmm. They have a that's that is a job. It's a well paid job. Can I tell you this? Can I right. can I can I just Marvel's got that too. Yeah, his name's Kevin Feige. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, high school career day. Okay, right? Seriously, <laughs> if anyone had told me that this shit was a job, my entire life would be very different right now. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's like you have you have your options are accounting. Uh, a nurse, the military, fast food. Good luck, guys. No, no, <laughs> no. Somebody, Jobs like this would be amazing, right? Where the hell was this? Like, you don't even have to give them this job. Just use jobs like this as the carrot and the stick, right? You, right. Know, you go in this direction. If you're that one percenter, you could end up right here. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. landing this job is like landing in the NBA. It's like winning the lottery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the difference here is that there's a chance I'd have made it on this group, whereas mm. there's no universe in which the NBA picked me up. So you know, no, that I mean, unless they were throwing you. They might. That's true. They might pick me up to move I would, me. I would argue yeah. that your odds of uh, making it to the NBA are higher than having this job. Favreau's job. <laughs> but imagine if I'd actually started back in middle school working towards this. Young. Pas- you did. Young, passionate Al. I know, but I didn't know that's what I was working towards. Nobody <laughs> told me this was a thing. <laughs> there, there was all that spinning in circles in wrong directions. Dead Seriously. ends. Okay. I'm going to bring up something that you guys might not like so much, but Mark Hamill this past week was a guest star on the Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah? He uh, officiated the wedding of Sheldon and Amy Farrah Fowler. Oh, that's cool. And they were running late because sitcom. Right. So he had to kill time standing at the altar. And so he started answering people's questions about Star Wars, but he didn't know any of the answers. The comic book owner, the comics book store (laughs) guy, actually answer all the questions. It was great. (laughs) That's... (laughs) 
Those babies. All right. Uh, speaking of things that, uh, okay, now we're going to get salty. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So let me tell you, uh, dear listeners, let me tell you a little, little, little tabletop RPG history. Okay. Yep. Okay. I know that's everybody's Hang favorite on. thing. <laughs> just, just cozy. And I imagine our listeners are sitting. I don't know why, but yeah. I certainly imagine our listeners like sipping hot cocoa next to a fire with like a blanket around them. That's not what they're doing. Especially no, in Florida. Florida. <laughs> not one. Not. I can guarantee you, not one listener is doing that right now. Damn it, listeners! Send us a picture of you doing exactly that, so I could prove Dan wrong. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, or just send me a picture of it because we don't know if it's you or not. Um, so. Way back in 2008, uh-huh. uh, Dungeons and Dragons went from versions 3.5 to version 4.0. This was widely regarded as a bad move. Uh, this was the version of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, chronologically, it was the right move. Actually, chronologically, it was... 4.0 is after 3.5. Right. right. Yes. Well, it was also kind of the right move in that the 4th edition game... Mm-hmm. Uh, looked and felt about as much like World of Warcraft as you could make a tabletop role-playing game. And uh, uh, a lot of the decisions that were made for it were incredibly unpopular. Hmm. And so there was a group of folks uh, through Paizo Publishing, which is a publishing house that published a lot of well, D&D yeah, I th- stuff. I think you are. I think you breeze past that a little a little too quickly because the difference between because our audience our audience may not know, but the difference between say Dungeons and Dragons three point five and fourth edition is dramatic he, to, yeah, to totally. the extent that uh, most fans felt that four wasn't even an RPG game. Hence the drama to sort of lead towards. That's true. The no, story. That, that, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct there. Well, I really think they should have not included the spinner. Um, <laughs> I think that would have been. There's, there's, so the um, no, no community chest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the chance cards were a weird choice, but I went with it. <laughs> you went with it. Uh, although every time you land on top of somebody else, you had to say, I'll give you trouble, hmm. which was weird, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so uh, this publisher, Paizo, uh, developed this game called Pathfinder and Pathfinder kept the previous version of Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. 3.5 and because one of the things that was done when they went to move to fourth edition is they stopped supporting 3.5 they weren't making any new material they weren't they were publishing some books for it but not like not like they were yada 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 yada. so uh, Pathfinder was created to continue on the legacy of Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 so you'll occasionally hear Pathfinder referred to as 3.75 Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, fourth edition continued on until uh, about 2014 when fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons dropped. Um, Did that fix things? Yes. Okay. So, the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons got came rid out, of the spinner. Got rid of the spinner. Mm-hmm. Kept the community chest, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was really the problem. <laughs> right. Um, but it reintroduced uh, a lot of it. At fifth edition is the. Is Oh, it is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. just of all of the systems I have played, fifth edition has absolutely been my favorite. Uh, and I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, but there are still some hardcore Pathfinder fans out there who feel that fifth edition still is garbage compared to Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, 10 years after it was first, the first edition came out, Pathfinder is dropping their second edition. Now, I managed to get through all of that without sounding salty at all. <laughs> I'm wondering where the yeah. salt comes. Okay. Let me tell you something about Pathfinder. Okay? I've played Pathfinder. 
Pathfinder. I actually wrote down good things about Pathfinder. It's a good system. No, it's not. Uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> once, once you learn it. Yeah. It's a it, good system. It is robust. Yes. Uh, it has a lot of options. And it has a very passionate fan base. Okay. So those are all very those, good things. Those are the, that's the pros. Those are the pros. Give me the cons. Uh, it has an insanely steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Dungeons and Dragons, I'm pe- out. People, cri- people criticize Dungeons and Dragons because they have, you know, there's a bunch of books. They're just trying to sell you to make money off of it. Yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. And I mean, that's a, that's a fair critique, I guess. Yeah. There's a player's handbook and then there's a dungeon master's guide. So if you're, depending if you're a player or if you're the one running the game, you get what you, you know, you need whatever book is going to apply to you. Uh, Pathfinder tried to, uh, to solve that problem by only having one book that contained everything for both the player and the, and the dungeon master. Yeah. It is, 575 pages and how many dollars oh probably about the 40 it's gotta be every bit of 45 i have no idea how much it costs uh it doesn't matter because pathfinder mostly people just downloaded it exactly uh, just torrented <laughs> that thing left and right um so it is it was the system is very clunky players get overpowered stupid quick yeah for example a your turn is broken down into like i think it's seven, seven actions seven actions so it's like, all right, step like seven steps essentially for, just for you to go through your turn. And and when you have tedious, very tedious. Yeah, well, when you have five players sitting around, right? That means one round of combat involves thirty-five actions on the player side before any of the bad guys move. So um, I just remember when you guys were like, "Hey Dan, why don't you like role-playing games?" Well, th- <laughs> we at no point <laughs> at no point did I suggest you should go play Pathfinder. Yeah, exactly. I get why people didn't like. Fourth edition. I think fourth edition was actually not that bad. Fourth edition had some stuff that they did that was really cool. I have not seen a game that did anything with um, in combat. You know, the idea of pushing someone, pulling someone, uh, you know, kind of manipulating the space around you. Fourth edition forced you to work on a basically on a mat on a board yeah. well, that had little boxes on it. And so you'd have to make how many boxes can you go and where you move them. And because it, it forced you to do that, which is what a lot of people hated, but it then also gave you the opportunity to do some really interesting things with pushes and pulls and movement and all that stuff that you can't do in a, without a mat like that. Yeah. Added a new dimension and a fourth edition on its own, you know, standing on its own accord. It's, it's, it's a good system and it's very unique. Like you're saying, it has a lot of bonuses and a lot of intricacies. Now, when you com- when you put it in the, the lineup of the other Dungeon Dragon systems, it's like a redheaded stepchild. It just doesn't fit in. No. But, but on its own, encapsulated, it, it's a good system. Yes. If they didn't call it D&D, it would have been, I think it would have been much better received. Uh, but here's the thing that's, that's annoying the hell out of me. Because Pathfinder fans, like, they're, they're, they're a passionate group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like to tell you about why Pathfinder is better than, than everything. Uh, and I get that. I get that a lot. Uh <laughs> Is this a smaller portion of the crowd than the yes. 4.0 people at this point? Oh, yeah. Well, nobody's playing 4.0 anymore because or, the second, fifth edition came okay. out. But yeah, compared yeah. to D&D, yes. D&D is the... D&D is your... Is your is like the majority. That's your MCU. This is your, your actual DCEU fans. Actually, that, yes. That, that would be... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way to go. Cool. So, and yeah, and the fan base... When you're like, to, oh, those people exist. Yeah, yeah. And there the fan go. base there tends to reflect... I think very, they probably sound very similar. Okay. Um, when fifth edition came out, though, it did a lot of stuff that it fixed the problems from Pathfinder. It fixed the problems from 4th edition. And to be honest, it fixed the problems from 3.5 because I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. the, the 3.5 and 3rd edition was not that great. I don't care. I said it. Oof. Oh, 
You don't understand. I know that doesn't feel like a really controversial <laughs> statement. It doesn't. But it, like, you could piss some people off. So, uh, <laughs> Pathfinder 2nd Edition, though. Do you know what Pathfinder 2nd Edition sounds a lot like, though, when we read over the description? Hmm. Fifth edition. Well, technically, technically, they don't actually give any any description, right? And the notes that we see, though, yeah. But all they say is like, what? Well, here's what they say: they say is nothing sacred, right? The the only stipulation so far the designers have to go by is keep the rule book at five hundred seventy five pages or less, or less. It, well, and they said it's going to be five seventy five. But that is that is did where they, they're starting. Did and that's they where say they're finishing. anything about the font size? <laughs> <laughs> but they're starting from scratch. I mean, they're throwing it out. And a lot of the notes, like you said, yeah, the magic items, a lot of that stuff is, oh, it's straight fifth edition. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Hey, guys, we, are, we already have fifth edition. Pathfinder ripped off three five. Mm-hmm. And now Pathfinder 2.0 is looking to rip off uh, 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 fifth edition. There. I said it. <laughs> I do also want to make uh, a very clear caveat. Uh, <laughs> there is a group that I actually played Pathfinder with. Uh-huh. They are exempt from all of my complaints about Pathfinder fans. Oh, because those guys were actually legit. So okay, uh, and, yeah, is, and they know where you live. <laughs> no, actually, they no, they legitimately like Pathfinder was yeah. a fine was was fine playing with those guys is the only reason that I know enough. I know as much about Pathfinder as I do because every other time I've tried to play it, mm-hmm. the people were. Not terribly kind. I mean, if Suicide Squad is your favorite movie, I don't hate you <laughs> because of that. Yeah. I just question some of your life choices. That's all. Yeah, that's actually that's. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. So Pathfinder 2.0 is got playtesting out now. So if you have uh, if you if you are a Pathfinder fan, that's okay. We still we still welcome you. We welcome all, all forms and, of geek and here. Maybe you've tried Fifth Edition and you found it just slightly lacking or not to your flavor. Hey. Go get Pathfinder try. That's true. And uh, you can choose. So the playtesting is going on now, and you can playtest it for free to see what's going on and check it out. I'm and just trying to imagine this, this divide happening among Monopoly players. Because they have all these different editions that come like, out. Like yeah, the yeah. digital edition versus the classic <laughs> edition. Right. No, no. You know, you know <laughs> like, screw that debit card crap. No, no, no. Did you <laughs> see, no shit, Clue, when they re-released a modern version of Clue? And it was racist, right? No, the... Actually, that one wasn't racist. No. Hey, look at that. Uh-huh. I was assuming that it was racist. The, the original was racist because there were colored pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, actually. Oh. Yeah. But, well, but the new that. one was like young and trendy people. Mm. And it was like different items. It was sort of pretty changed. It was up. like a millennial was version trying to be a millennial version. Yeah. But millennials were also not going to be okay with this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Clue, Clue is one of those classic things you don't mess with. Just leave like, it alone. It's perfect. Mr. Green is. is a fat guy in a green suit. Yeah, right. Leave it. <laughs> leave him and Colonel Mustard alone. Candlestick is, kills a lot of people. Dude, dude. Have you ever held a real candlestick? I haven't, but they look really <laughs> heavy. Our candlesticks were like three inches and made mostly of aluminum, so they yeah. didn't really. Yeah. Those little glass not, ones, not, but you're not, you're, you're not killing anybody. But your tea light, like little ones, yeah, just hold tea lights. Just, <laughs> ow, that really hurt. Why did you do that? Was not really what you want to. Uh, anyway, <sighs> I. Took a lot more notes on this than well, what that, I just. That's a great board game trivia question. Can you name all of the uh, all the ways to die, items to die by, and clue? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rope, candlestick, revolver, pipe. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Rope, candlestick, revolver. Pi- no, no. <laughs> Different game. Different game. Sorry. Watching all the DCEU movies back to back. Oh, but yeah. That's yeah. a painful death. Rope, candlestick, revolver, pipe. Holy crap. 
There's two more. Bookcase? No. Oh, knife. Knife? Mm. And I'm missing one more. There's six, yeah, there, there's six weapons. Is Grass it weird that I know exactly how many? Right. I know exactly how many weapons there are in Clue off the top of my head. Table two got it before you did. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to read this quote here from Pathfinder 2.0, right. and I'm going to get out of here without getting too salty on it. The main reason is it's been 10 years, publisher Eric Mona told Polygon. Uh, we've always wanted to kind of avoid the rapid-fire edition cycle that we've seen predominate over the last 20 years or so. Okay. Nope. Here comes the salt. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> exactly. Listen. The rapid fire edition cycle. You can kiss my ass, Mister Mo- Mona. Uh, right after he said, "Well, we're doing it because it's been ten years, so we kind of had to do something." Right. But this rapid fire <laughs> over the last twenty years or so. So you had third edition came out. Let's see. AD and D second edition came out in eighty nine. Yep. Third edition dropped in two thousand. 3.5 dropped in 03, but that wasn't a new edition. It was a supplement to the existing. Yep. Fourth edition dropped in 08. So there was a basically eight years. Sorry, we didn't make it till 10. And then uh, then there was a, a fifth edition dropped in 14. So I'm afraid that still doesn't qualify as rapid no. fire. And the thing about Pathfinder is while they haven't officially released new versions, they just created more and more supplemental material. Exactly. That just made everything so complex and more in-depth that they had to retrofit rules and, and things like that to keep you on top and know what's going on. Exactly. Uh, when we were growing up with the games, we, they didn't last a bit longer. You can kiss my ass. I think that we, uh, we, uh, I think that we always suspected there'd be some point down the road where we had enough experience with Pathfinder and we wanted to go in and kind of tinker with some changes before explaining that they were doing a complete rewrite from the ground up. No, Cause, cause, I didn't make it out without getting salty. Yeah, they, you tried. I did, they not, say not that hard, though. They played it long enough. They, they know what needs to be changed, so now they're ready to make those changes, which is... Your board game, Salt Bay. Oh, oh get that. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little extra salt on that Rice Krispie Street. Mm-hmm. But that, th- those few extra changes they're making are is completely redoing the whole system and doing what 5th edition is doing. And that exactly. is that is you have a right to be salty about that because you know there's a lot of systems out there and while they do sort of borrow from each other like uh, inspiration, mm-hmm. most of them are quite unique in their own way. Like right. the uh, the mutants of masterminds is mutants quite masterminds. nice. Yeah, the yeah. mutants of masterminds is an example of an incredibly complicated system yep. for a tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. but with a purpose. Because with mutants and masterminds, they have managed to set it up so that you can literally play. And then you can spec out, and they have it spec'd out. You can literally create Superman and Goku and a police officer. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, yep. And it's all leveled out. You're absolutely right. Music Mastermind's a whole different piece. Or you got something like um, the Star Wars. Um, oh, the. Um, uh, it's in my bag. Yep. The Star Wars. Darn it. Now I got to look it up. Oh, you got to go get it. I kickstarted the, um, what was the Barbarian guy? The Conan. The Conan the Barbarian one. And that one was very, very simple, pared down. And it was very light. And there's a lot of these, they're almost like one-off type systems where they're right. meant to, you know, hey, do one adventure if you like it, maybe do a second, but it's nothing super in-depth. They're meant to be super long-term. Edge of the Empire. Edge of the Empire. Star Wars yep. Edge of the Empire introduced... Uh, a system of not just winning or losing when you tried to do something, but doing so with advantage or, or disadvantage. So you could win something, but with disadvantage, or you could lose, but something good can happen along the way. And it introduced a nuance to it that was really unique. There's actually another one that I've gotten. I don't have the name of it. I have to go find the book. That is, um, you're, that is based on 
you you play yourself that one is incredible this one we still haven't been brave enough to try but the one that we're looking at but we, didn't we stat each other out yes and then never played yes <laughs> so you literally stat yourselves out according to their their rules and mechanics and then you have like when you start playing the game this one was set in uh, i think this was a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and so the idea is that while you're sitting around the table a zombie apocalypse jumps off so you literally have what you have on your person and what you can get your hands yeah. out on the house so if it was us three we would look me and Al would look at you, Dan, and say, okay, well, we think he has this strength and these items. Right. And, like, we sort of vote on what you would be, and everyone uh, votes on each other. Right. And they're not a cla- it's not a class yeah. system, so you're not, like, a and rogue like or a, whatever. Yeah, so and your arguments can start before they even start the game. Correct. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. But, like, but for <laughs> weapons, we would be weapons. We'd be kind of hosed here, because I think we'd have, like... Mike stands. Mike stands, I think, would be our best. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, if you could really... If you get... If the XLR will hold on the cable, you could do, like, kind of a... Yeah, oh, like a, like a, a couple XLRs. You make a cat of nine tails. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Just baby. start weaping people with that. That would do some damage, man. Mm-hmm. We could win this. We're in a defensible position. We are actually. We would just stay. I <laughs> just stay put. So, so they're going after the Chinese restaurant downstairs first. Ooh, <laughs> we got time. I would. I would join them though, especially that, during karaoke. Because and don't we have a don't we have a ramp anyway? Like we're good. We're yeah, we're very intricate, intricate ramp system. Yeah, yeah, we're still trying to get that installed. Uh, okay, let's move on before I get to get away from the salty here. Uh, in other news. <laughs> Rick and Morty, something that the three of us are very qualified to talk about. I actually, can I can I tell you right now? I've been, are you being sarcastic? Yeah. Oh, no. I actually have been doing a decent amount of research oh, yeah? on, on Rick and Morty. Yeah. I've, now, I've now watched every episode. Oh. Oh, you're, you're caught up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I was a little hesitant to get on the Rick and Morty train. <laughs> you were. Uh, but uh, Rick and Morty, so Rick and Morty has gotten 70 more episodes. Now, they have currently 31 episodes. Right. At the end of season three, they got more than double their current uh, run, which put them at 101 episodes, which is also uh, kind of the sweet spot for... Yeah, for syndication. For syndication. Yeah. So, um, so you know, coming out of the Hollywood Reporter, uh, it was at the number. It was ranked as the number one comedy, cable or broadcast, uh, with adults 18 to 24 and 18 to 34. Uh, it, t- it actually tops out Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, and SNL uh, as, their, as, as the most popular show. Hmm. I honestly, though, when I saw this, assumed they were trolling us. Really? Yes. Especially what? the way it was released as like a like a cartoon doodle. Right. Yeah. Right. Now it was a cartoon doodle from Justin Rayland, who was the one of the creators of it. But it's just I don't know, Rick and Morty. Let's uh, let me let me get to the details here first and then we'll talk yeah. about this. Uh, there's no time frame uh, attached to the announcement. So given their current release schedule, this would go about another ten years. Yeah. because uh, that's just how many but we'd look at it <laughs> seven more seasons. Um and uh, uh, and there's some rumors that Dan Harmon is kind of difficult to work with. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so on Community, which was the show that he brought us, that was which also brought us Childish Gambino, which yeah. exactly. Uh, and, and the Russo brothers, I would just, I would just, it's amazing in its own right. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dan Harmon was actually kicked off his own show right. for a little while there. Um, because I guess he was difficult to work with, and I don't know if that played into the Rick and Morty piece. And that was a show that had Chevy Chase on it. So, <laughs> right. if you're going to kick off difficult people... Actually, they, they also did that. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so that's what's happening there. So no time frames, no nothing else like that, but uh-huh. I, waited a, I waited a while to make sure that this wasn't somebody wasn't going to drop it. Just kidding, because it's Rick and Morty, so I'd buy that. Uh, sure. And that's, that's where it went. Okay. Uh-huh. Rick and Morty is complicated. 
and what it does and what it means <laughs> and where it sits on the yeah. I'm going to sound super cool yeah, yeah. right now where it sits on the cultural zeitgeist ah. is is really problematic because it's operating at several different levels mm-hmm. and its fans are operating at several different levels yes um i mean it's and you know what show it reminds me of more than anything else and i know this is going to sound really weird uh, it actually reminds me of a really grown-up version of Adventure Time. Um, okay. Now, now we're talking. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're talking. You, Adventure Time. When you watch, especially the first season or so of, of Adventure Time. Yeah. Adventure Time, by the way, is a silly kids animated uh, cart- animated show uh, that it stars a, a, a talking dog and a bull and a little boy, and they run around this 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 fantasy world. This really crazy imagination. Post a pop apocalyptic world, sir. Well, no. At first, yeah, they're yeah. just running around this crazy, silly fantasy, like like not a fantasy world like elves and dwarves, what? but a fantasy world like a, like a nine year old would make. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a princess bubblegum who has bubblegum for hair. Like that's that's a thing. Um, and the more you watch it, then you suddenly they suddenly drop hints that they're in a post apocalyptic world, and then they you start to find out more about his back the, the the main kid's backstory, yeah. and the whole thing gets super deep. Yeah, and you can watch this as a little kid and just watch the surface level and and just think it's a silly show mm-hmm. but if you start paying attention there's a lot going on here so if you were to take that and add in some toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> and heavy substance abuse and a lot more social commentary we're now getting towards where Rick and Morty sits and this is why I, I'm going to wait because uh-huh. I think we're going to have to do a full episode on what the because Rick and Morty we did that already. You weren't here. No. The, we spent that whole episode on Bojack. Yeah. Well, we talked a good bound of You talked both. about, well, I, I Which mean. I, I binge watched that entire series for that episode, and I'm still disgruntled and bitter <laughs> that I watched every Bojack Horseman episode. Yeah, no, Bojack. Bojack is god awful. I said it. Bojack is god awful. It has its moments, and I definitely chuckled. <laughs> but as like a, a, a continuum and like an arc of a story, no, it's just unbearable. Well, and what's crazy about Rick and Morty is I was very hesitant. I started watching it, and I'm like, all right. And I would watch it, but I would turn it off because I knew my wife wasn't going to like it. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, I was watching an episode, and she happened to come out and sit down. And the next thing you know, she's into it too, and she and I are both watching rick and morty and finished out the last half of the season with her season three with her and and i doubt that 37 year old or men are what they're originally aiming at although with dan Harmon, who knows okay yeah every, everything i know about rick and morty is just from seeing the millions and millions of uh, paraphernalia of merchandise yeah everywhere yeah. everywhere Which, then the, and that merchandise in and of itself really pisses off a lot of rick and morty fans so that's we're going to... Yeah. It gets deep. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Social, social mirror, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of folks. So I think that's a, that's a discussion, wor- a worthwhile discussion to have, but we're not going to have it tonight. Mm-hmm. 70 more episodes, though, is crazy. Hey, job, Just, job security. For geek's sake, breaks down every Rick and Morty episode yeah. coming out. <laughs> we've, got, we've got at least occasional work. I'll let you Liz handle that one. <laughs> well, and this, this is... Um, well, I think the last thing we need we need to discuss here, yeah, this getting renewed for seventy episodes is insane. Yeah, that well, that doesn't happen. 
Like, yeah, it, it's it's an odd number to begin with. No, no, no. But but it, like you said, it does put them into uh, syndication, which I think is the yeah. whole goal of okay. This but but there are shows that like a lot of shows that don't make it seventy episodes, right? Like, and this is yeah. to be guaranteed to get that. I mean, just to, just so we're understanding here on Agents of Shield right now. Yeah, Agents of Shield is taking place uh, uh, alongside Infinity War. Yeah, and 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 no spoilers for Infinity War here. Well, it was. Well, no, they will remember they bumped they they pulled the release date early a couple of weeks. So um, if it if if they hadn't released Infinity War early, then you would have. I mean, if you assume that the events of Infinity War happen over the course of two weeks, let's say, right, um, that actually lines up with what's happening in it. So they hear news about some stuff that went down in New York in one episode the weekend that Infinity War should have dropped, and then this past week's episode was them dealing with it, hearing about it while they're doing their own thing, and then you know what I'm saying? Like we have a movie that is we have a TV series here that is really really. Wrapped into the wrapped into what's going on in a major, the largest movie franchise in, in cinema history. Right, they got renewed for six more episodes. Right, okay, and then like, they're gone. Like <laughs> that's brutal. Right. Well, you take a look at something like well, and, and Gotham got the same thing. They got uh, one right. more season and they're done. Well, or or take something like even even take something like Supernatural, which is on season, God knows thirty eight. Thirty. Well, actually, I think they're we're I think legitimately we're on thirteen. I think we're season thirteen here. Mm. So they're on season thirteen. They're guaranteed to get renewed. The guys have come out and said the the executives at CW have said they could keep making those that show that that show as long as they're willing to keep making that show. Right. They still get renewed for an episode at a time, which is twenty twenty five episodes max. No one gets renewed more a than season at a time. I mean, that's that is one one season is about 22, yeah. 23 episodes. You said one episode at a time. I'm sorry, one season at a time. There we yeah. go. Sorry, one season at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really brutal job. It's like, like two one episodes. See, <laughs> this one's our last. Like, really? Um, they're, they're extending Supernatural an episode at a time right now? That's insane. <laughs> but they do this, but I mean, like, so 22, 23 episodes. Yeah. And that's that's as big as you ever see. To see Plus two episodes. So you, you see them doing a two season extension usually, a, a one or two. That's so, pretty common. So forty but, episodes, let's say max. Right. So and that's this is seventy. Yeah. I've never heard of a show getting greenlit that far out. Maybe The Simpsons at one point, <laughs> but that's about it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Well, because there, there must be something to say too with you know animation. You don't have to worry about the actors or, and the actors you know aging out, aging out, or right. lifestyles or what's mm-hmm. going on. Like you know these, yeah. these animated characters are there to stay, so you only have to worry about the writers and the actual storyline. Itself. I mean, I guess the voice actor. No, even even the voice actors yeah. you can replace. How many, how many? We've gone through a couple in The Simpsons. Yeah. You know? Oh, so. yeah, yeah. And a couple on uh, uh, Family the Guy. Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. We replaced a Becky on Roseanne and nobody noticed. Um, <laughs> oh, we noticed. <laughs> okay, so that was your Rick and Morty piece. Uh, let's get into something. All right, Dan. You like how I gave you one? Oh, <laughs> you're giving me one? Okay. Teed one up for producer Dan. <laughs> yeah, man. We got, you, we got you a sports story. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. The show is extremely lacking in that side of the uh, geek culture. Because, it is. You know, you can geek out over sports. I mean, right now we have what hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs. I think when we get to uh, fantasy football draft season, we might need to do a special episode. You know what? Yeah, I'll back you up on that. Yeah. All right. Because God, I love some fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So here's what happened with this thing. Uh, in 1992, uh, federal law was passed banning sport betting on uh, professional sports mm-hmm. as supported at the state level. Yes. So a state, so you couldn't get a, a license from a state to be able to gamble um, 
on anything. So except for in Vegas, uh, except for well, for Vegas and a handful of other places that yeah. don't matter. Yeah. yeah, there was a couple others, but Atlantic City, Reno. No, uh, no, not Atlantic City. It, no, because no, actually Atlantic City is what caused this whole controversy. Oh, okay, but All like right. Portland, Oregon, it, uh, uh, or say Oregon, and like a handful of other places yeah. that were doing. I mean, it's a it's a weird law, right? Like it, it operates like a federal law against gambling, but that's that's not what it was. Yeah, because right? like, it didn't mandate that that you couldn't gamble, right? It just kept states from giving them giving themselves the ability to to gamble on it, which yeah, is weird. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. So back in 2011, a uh, a guy by the name of Chris Christie uh, was the governor of New Jersey, and he fought this particular rule. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, May 14th, the Supreme Court officially backed and sided with him, saying that the federal government uh, could not say could not ban sports betting. So, you may be wondering what this has to do with uh, geek culture. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit, but we're going to get to that in just a second. First, we need to understand where folks are on this. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to you want to let folks know about how the professional sports organizations are feeling about this? Uh, not warm and fuzzy. No. No, they're not big fans of this. No, they're they're absolutely hardcore opposed. Yeah. Uh, they like like the NFL. Let's just use one entity. Uh, to make things a little easier. The NFL would like all of the money made off of the NFL to go to the NFL. That's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, you also, they're not a big fan yeah. of anybody else. You, making money off you of also, them. it's a major, major problem. If you know, once you start legalizing betting is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the dark side of it, where players throwing games or the corruption of it, where you can no longer, yep. I mean, there's already distrust in the system and there's not gambling. So once you add gambling oh, into yeah. the system, you know, did they throw that game because the coach, you know, like the coach can just take his life savings and put it on the game that he's going to lose and then purposefully lose. Right. Like there's scenarios right. like, I mean, that, that was, those scenarios were huge back in the, you know, forties and fifties and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it, well, and, and, and so the, yeah, and, and, this, and he's, you're exactly right. Yeah. Gambling drastically increases the number of people who have a financial incentive on the outcome. Mm-hmm. And that and it, and the officials can be tainted through that. Uh, Tim exactly. Donahue, just a few years ago, was an NBA uh, official that was kicked out of the league because he was caught uh, gambling. He had major debts. He was working off with the mob, basically, <laughs> by, by affecting games. Right. Um, and I mean, that's basketball the, the officials don't really have as much to do with the outcome of that game as say the NFL. Yeah, right. Well, and this is the thing too. So yeah, so you've got these and, and understand that I'm just to be clear here. This could still happen. You could always bet in Vegas on the sure. outcomes of a game. That's never changed. That's yeah, always the been books. the case, but it was a centralized piece. So there was only really one or two ways to go about doing it. Yeah. And it was, it was going to be very hard to be, you know, to be Vegas centrally, centrally located and then get, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus New York giants, you know, game to get someone there to cheat, you know, like go against their city and their districts. Their, their, uh, what's the, the, um, Regions, regions, divisions, divisions. I was thinking of the, what's the TV term, right? Like where they're, they're markets. Oh yeah. To go against, you know, the owner's markets just for a bet in Vegas, you know, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, not happen often. Well, Um, and one of the things that the, the major sports leagues didn't fight about the, the Vegas thing as much because Vegas didn't have any professional sports teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's changing. We've got the, the Raiders moving to Vegas next year. Yep. Um, and I believe they have a hockey team. They have a hockey team. Yeah. 
So <laughs> they have a hockey team. Yeah, I love so it. Does so does Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Right, <laughs> right. I just, I, I just <laughs> uh, now. So here's where this hits geek culture: esports. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the Overwatch League a couple times. We've talked about some esports stuff, uh, but you know, if you take a look at this issue that you're already having with the possibility of somebody being compromised, mm-hmm. if you are one of the Say, uh, was it 11, 11 players on the field at the time in an NFL game, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. If you're one of the 11 players on the field during an NFL game, you're one of 22 p- players on the field, actually including both teams mm-hmm. and also refs. Oh, and by the way, there's an offense and a defense. So how many? 53 players on a roster, 46 active on day- game day. Okay. So your 146th, I knew he had this. I was teeing this up for him. <laughs> right? 146th of the thing. No, some spots would be more applicable, more sensitive to this than others. Yeah. Uh, uh, you well, know, in basketball, you're 115th of the team. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and not to mention there's coaches, there's a bunch of other people that have a way to go. So you, can, you may be able to skew this a little bit, but you can't be guaranteed to throw a game by yourself. Not even a ref, not even... Well, you know, especially anybody that is... Anybody that's got an, a large enough role on the team to affect a bet is going to have more to lose than they could gain on the bet. Right. Yeah. When and you make millions upon millions of dollars, yeah. if you are in that kind of trouble, chances are it's going to get out. And yeah, like Eli Manning isn't going to throw a pick in the Super oh. Bowl over a bet for that he could make a million dollars. But Russell off Wilson or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I guarantee there's a couple of kickers out there that if you ask them, like, yeah, yeah. If you made that, like, would you have gone? Like, would you have taken any amount of money to miss that kick? And they're going to say no, like, because they yeah. know. Woo. So esports, however, slightly different. Yeah. You're, you're, especially a lot of these games of the five. I mean, we talked about Overwatch a whole bunch here because that's the one that's really been getting a lot. Blizzard has dumped a lot of money into it, but you can understand that that you know, Overwatch is just the top front bleeding edge of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are, and esports has been around for a long time. I, I think the big dog is still League of Legends. Uh, League of Legends, uh, Dota two, uh, but there's a Counter Strike is still around. There's Counter Strike Go has got a big support. Um, but also, but the, what, there's yeah. a ton of street fighting games though. There's a bunch of Street Fighter games, a bunch of Super Smash Brother games, a bunch of games where it's one-on-one, and the possibility of throwing a game, not difficult at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? like And, it, and, and they've, they've already tussled with just the, just the simple fact of, you know, drinking energy drinks before a match. Like... Because yeah. that can enhance your yeah. cognitive ability, you know. And so, guys that get on, you know, prescription um, Adderall and stuff like that, that's become a major concern. So it's it's already so there's so many gray areas. Oh, in and this that's just, realm. This is just touching this. This is scratching yeah. the surface too, because they've got. Let's see. We're currently dealing with. I was when I was looking through the research here uh, uh, for the Super Smash Brothers. There are the official leagues still require to use original GameCube controllers. You're not allowed to use secondary controllers. That's caused a huge controversy. Uh, there was also a lot of issues around equality because there are little to no female gamers involved in any of these things. People have quit professional game professional game in order to make sure that women were allowed to. Uh, we also have issues with player behavior, whereas apparently esports has decided to follow its, prof- its traditional sport bo- traditional sport brethren, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, there was a there was a there was a StarCraft player who famously. During a league match, during a big match, one v one, he uh, started playing with his feet because he was so far ahead. He also pretended to nap for a little while, uh, and then there is a 
this is a sentence I'm about to say out loud. There is a teabagging controversy that is plaguing esports all over the place, and different organizations taking rules about whether or not you what? are or are not allowed to teabag after during the games. Wait, back the truck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, okay, so teabagging. I understand yeah, yeah. what it is. Well, actually, I, I don't understand how it comes into esports. Well, and you're playing a game against other players. Any chance you get the, the, the in an arena with people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. well, when you're yeah, but your, your character, your player character, yeah, your character playing there. Say you're playing a first person shooter. Think, uh-huh. just think, what's first one that comes to your mind? Call of Duty. So call you're playing Call of Duty. You're you're fighting another guy in a you know, intricate map. You kill them. You have a brief moment of like a safety. So you walk over and to demean them, you just crouch up and down over their head a couple times before okay. you move on. Hey, yeah. that's not nearly as bad as what <laughs> I thought you were describing. Well, but it is, it does represent something that bad. It's akin to like the, um, uh, a t- touchdown dance celebrating on right. NFL touchdown. Sure. Right. But if, if all of them were also sexual in nature, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, well, no, that's last year. They implemented, they, they got rid of the rule outlawing celebrations in the NFL. But they said you cannot have any celebrations that demean the other players or any sexual innuendos. That so moves that, in the right direction. That's similar. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought that you were talking about like some guy going over to another sports player who's sitting in a recliner <laughs> playing the game and well, teabagging no. somebody in real life. If they were allowed to, while they, they were playing the if game, if they were allowed to, they would. There's actually there was actually one too where the game where the, the guys were playing next to each other. The guy wins and he turns around and the other guy sitting in the recliner is just lost. And the guy who wins literally gets like up in his face, like leans over the recliner, like noses touching, and is just rip. I mean, just talking shit about this guy left and right, and it's all on video. Like right. we see the whole thing happen. It's bad. Well, and well that, I can understand that. Yeah. And sure, there should be a penalty for that kind of thing, like there is in other sports. Right. Well, they're trying to. They're trying to find. Also, but, just, just to know, I'm sorry, traditional sports thing, there's also been a couple of cases of domestic violence with players that they're trying to figure sure. out what to do with. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, what I'm saying here mm-hmm. is that if you like, if you like watching sports for the drama, mm-hmm. like... If you enjoy, like, if the game, if watching the game is almost secondary to watching the ridiculous behavior of the players and all of the crazy shit that goes down, like, like if you really love wrestling, (laughs) uh, like WWE wrestling, where Uh because you know wrestling, you watch wrestling half for the action in the ring and half for the smack talk between and the Uh setups and the what's going to happen next. You need to check out esports. These guys are insane. Well, I mean. You got these guys living like a whole team may live in a house. Like they get these right. huge mansions where they're going to practice and they're going to play. And when they're not practicing, they're streaming to get extra money. So you can watch their streams. Imagine like a basketball team living in the same house. And when they're not playing basketball, they're, they're streaming themselves doing antics and like how dramatic and out of control that could get, you know, going mm-hmm. from one stream to the next and all the drama. It gets uh, <laughs> taken to uh, w- I like that WWE. Mm-hmm. It's right up there. Mm-hmm. I got Buster taking I'm, a huge I'm, bite. I'm, I'm doing it. it to Al. I was purposely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good Rice treat. <laughs> but, you know, one thing is <laughs> f- following this as an actual like new, like news story topic, yeah. you there know, you I I'm mean, back. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to be able to bet on it because esports aren't near as exciting as regular sports. So, and one of the things I've learned is that if you can bet on something, it gets instantly more. <laughs> Much better. Yeah, you're you're yeah. definitely more invested. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually was because, really. Because the games I like, the games, I get, like one game I play, like I, 
I like watching people play League of Legends. Like that's quite fun. But uh, I'm incentivized to watch people play other games that I'm not necessarily into because right. I, can, I can bet on them. It's like 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 fantasy football. You know, you're incentivized to like other teams that aren't yours because <laughs> other Al's freaking out because we just did the hour. I did not realize we just said an hour. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we just said an hour. And we're not even on our main topic. And we're not even on main topic yet. So, so he's just freaking out. That's just, all. Sorry about that. But you're, it's like fantasy football. We're incentivized to like pay attention to all the teams because mm-hmm. you have players on yours. Right. And betting works like that. Like I'm incentivized to sort of like other esports because I can, I could bet on it, make it more entertaining. And that'll be positive for them. However, yeah. since they're still <laughs> having issues with people getting up each other's faces and not allowing females to play and, you know, this is not going to help esports gain legitimacy. Yeah, you don't watch it for the players. I mean, not unless you're uh, 14 years old. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, last piece on This Week in Geek. Jesus. Uh, the police defend facial recognition. So here's what happened. Wales. Let me tell you where Wales is first, folks. Let me just go and get that piece <laughs> out of there. Because <laughs> I know where it is. But I was like, let me see. So Wales is part of Great Britain. But not England, right? right. Yep. So if you imagine the island of Great Britain, yep. mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's on this. It's southeast-ish, not the southeast corner, no. But the little piece above it—that's yeah. where Wales is. There is an amazing CGP, CPG, CGP Gray video about that. Yes, about yeah. oh yeah, yeah. That's anyway. That's, uh, so um, it was using tech. It's using the technology, uh, facial recognition technology, at large group esports events, and uh, to scan faces looking for criminals. Mm-hmm. So the. Um, this, so this came out with, let me see how we go here. So using the technology, uh, it came up, uh, with, uh, searching a crowd of 10,000 plus, mm-hmm. it came up with a 92% rate of false positives. <laughs> That's not a good rate. 92% false positives. That's the opposite of what they were hoping for. Right. So now they are claiming, they're insisting here, mm-hmm. that they're not using this to, uh, they're not making any false, any arrest. They're using it to help sift the 10,000 down into a more... Re- but like, it's not. Well, I mean, it, they eliminated 8,000 people. Because hmm. there was 2,000. They said it flocked something like 2,400 people out of a crowd of 10,000 as possible criminals. Uh, with 92%, 92% of those were false positives. So, did we have any statistics on this? Um, well, and, and was I'm, this like a racist uh, a computer, maybe? And I'm calling just picking people out. No, not in Wales. There's yeah. just not that many brown people. And I didn't uh, look at these stats, but I'm betting that number is even skewed because it, it, it's 92%. But of that 8%, I'm betting it was like. It so, hates blondes. Yeah, so yeah. Someone has a DUI, right? So that's going to count as one, like not an actual right. threat to this event. A lot of parking tickets. A lot of parking well, no, tickets. Actually, they weren't. They were the, 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 the whatchamacallit. It's the terrorism was part of it. But yeah. part of it, they were looking for guys that well, they got. They grabbed a guy who was wanted for uh, uh, attempted burglary mm-hmm. uh, for aggravated assault. So people like warrants out for their arrest. Type right. Of thing. Exactly. Okay. Um, civil liberties groups. Uh, a little concerned. A bit. Yeah. yeah. As as a brown guy, I'm a little concerned. Uh, we're not having we're not having the best time with law enforcement these days. Uh, so, so I you, just you take all right. You, you don't live in Wales. You're in America. You take this technology. You'll be fine. You take this technology and load it into those Boston Dynamic robots we've seen. <laughs> it's not looking good. Look, no, no, oh, we had that one geez. that was running and jumping now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm just, I just say this, this would go so poorly in America. <laughs> like I just, this would go so badly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. This facial recognition stuff is not the greatest in the world either. Hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, assuming that this stuff is running, let's say twice as good at fa- as Facebook at recognizing people. Mm-hmm. No, no good. <laughs> that good. is no good. 
this thing thinks you're Aziz Ansari. You know, I do seriously. Like, well, it it kept identifying um, the pictures of my kid as somebody else, right? Like as another adult, not as like another baby, but as another adult that was neither me nor my wife. And I'm like, quit tagging my kid as Moana, please. <laughs> Oh, uh, every baby is your baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so let's see how the facial recognition thing goes. All right, let's talk about the main topic. Nope, we're out of time. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. And that's a wrap. Uh, let's go. Ahead. Okay, so our main topic here is Google Duplex. We're going to just, just play the clip. Just play the clip. Oh, we get to play the clip thing. Yeah, are you ready? you're not ready to play the clip? But I'm always ready to play the clip. You're foolish. Yep, here we go. Can you help me hear you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. Four people when? Um, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Oh, actually we reserve for like, upper like five people. For four people you can come. How long is the wait usually to uh, be seated? When tomorrow or weekday or? For next Wednesday, uh, the seventh. Oh no, it's not too busy. You you, you can come for four people, okay? Oh, I got you. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. So here's what you just listened to. You just listened to an actual phone call. Uh, between a restaurant, somebody who works at a restaurant who, let's just, English probably was not the first language. Right. Uh, but the other voice was actually Google. That was Google's AI. Yes. It's called Google Duplex. Impressive. It was a robot. It was a robot. That's insane to me. Yeah. They're here, Al. Our overlords. That's fine. They're, they're just around the corner. I reemphasize. This facial recognition, yep. Boston right. dynamics, Boston dynamics. Mm-hmm. I for one welcome our robot overlords. Yeah, I've somebody's ro- got to polish them. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, look, the robots aren't gonna. The robots, I, I guarantee you, the robots are not going to be racist. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just going to murder every human. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my odds are my odds go a little well, better at that point. Well, and at least Boston dynamics and the facial recognition, those are just like dumb, like true robots and programs. Like they're. You know, human Say controlled face. Yeah, <laughs> Google AI has. You know, that could become Skynet. This is this is the real danger. Yeah, yeah. this is the real danger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the this is their new thing that they rolled out here. This was at the Google I/O, uh, which is their big like show off thing. Mm-hmm. Apple does one of these. Microsoft does one of these, and yep. Google does. You know, they yeah. they do their big where they show off their new technology. So this is actually one of two calls. This was the more impressive of the two. Because the system manages to do several things that I think we need to note. Yeah. One, it manages to understand the um, understand everything the woman's saying. Yeah. Even though this is not like super clear, easy to understand English, uh, the nuances in conversation with the uh and the ums and the yes. mm-hmm. and it and the delay, like in the middle of a, pa- a sentence, a pause. Right. Like it, it sounds conversational. Exactly. Yeah. And it knows what to do when the call goes sideways. Have you, Be- have you had one of these robo calls? It's almost to this level. Not, not at this level specifically. Like I get the ones where like, hi, this is Denise. Yeah. Pause. 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 Is this Al? 
You know what I mean? Like videos. No, okay, so recently I uh, I put out a couple of applications for part-time jobs. And I think I got added to some calling lists. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm not sure which school it is, but there's a school that's been calling me. And it says, hi, this is so-and-so from the education department. And they interview you. They ask you questions. And I had a conversation with a robot and wasn't 100% sure if it was a robot or not the majority of the conversation until it patched me through to somebody to like set me up with a class schedule. And I was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I said I was just looking for a job, not looking for Hello, you'd like to, you'd like to sign up for classes? And it, it, but it, it was almost to this level. It wasn't quite as good. I almost said, is this a real person at one point? Yeah. It's getting close to the Turing test right there. Right. Well, and and so you're going to see this, um, you're going to see this mentioned. Actually, I forgot you mentioned the Turing test. You're going to see the Turing test mentioned a lot about how Google beat the Turing test. No, it Not didn't. Quite. The Turing test, just so we're clear on this piece, the Turing test is uh, requires you to be uh, – the human being sits down mm-hmm. and is told that one of the voice, one of the things you're about to interact with is a robot, mm-hmm. and you've got to determine which one it is. Right. That's the Turing test. Like the so, one that I'm talking about that, I, that I've encountered – I would have said I would have been able to pick that out of a lineup. I think this one I don't know so much. Exactly, exactly. There's a couple places here where, like, especially at the end, where the tone, okay, gotcha. You know, that yeah. part there sounded a little. Yeah, but just the way it does the inflections, because you know, historically, y- you pretty much know it's a robocall because it's it's very monotone. Mm-hmm. You know, or right. they 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 go from one inflection to the next very sharply. Mm-hmm. Man, this thing is so natural sounding. The, we we it's, only played the f- yeah. the second call out of this this demo that they did. Right. Um, of two calls. The first call um, was setting a hair appointment. Mm-hmm. And during that one, when the AI would say 12 p.m. Right. Yeah. That, that was, was the only little... time, like when they say times, I think that's the only time where it, it sounds a little robotic. Uh, just a little. Actually, but it didn't when he talked about 7 p.m. here. No, not yeah. on this I one. I need to say what, May 5th at 7 p.m. like nine times. I need to even to the, uh, I think I was saying May 5th. Yeah. 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 Man, that's <laughs> good. It's. It's an, it's 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 a level that is beyond anything we've seen so far. It sounded slightly frustrated <laughs> by so, not getting the right answer. So, <laughs> right. Question: Watch watching this video, I was thinking, you know, at first I thought it was fake, right? Like mm-hmm. they edited this or they they sort of written the script, but you know, they said these are real phone calls and they have hundreds of them, right, of real phone calls like mm-hmm. this. So I guess they're you know they're probably training the AI as part of that. At what point do you think? There is a responsibility to disclose that it's a robot, like it's a robocall, because we all hate the sales calls thing, right? Like that's they're illegal. So, so at what point do does Google or whoever is using this, even though they're even though they're using it for good or to to help you, when do you have to disclose that it's that it's a robocall? Mm-hmm. So according to CNET, uh, reading a quote here, reading the quote from the interview that that, that we pulled from CNET here. Uh, we understand and value the discussion around Google Duplex. As we've said from the beginning, transparency in the technology important is important. A Google spokeswoman said in a statement, we are designing this feature with disclosure built in and we'll make sure that the system is appropriately identified. What we showed at I.O., which was the big uh, thing where they rolled us out, yeah. conference where they rolled us out, was an early technology demo and we look forward to incorporating feedback as we develop this into a product. Uh, and then over at The Verge, they actually were, uh, The Verge was referencing uh, voicebot.ai, which ran a, it was another website, ran a blog post claiming that duplex would not be available in parties that requ- in states that require all party consent before a phone call can be recorded. Because mm. that's the other angle on this, yeah. is that these calls 
have to be recorded. There's no way for oh, it yeah, to do by this. Definition. Right. Now they may they may be recorded, uh, analyzed, and then immediately destroyed, but mm-hmm. the call is still recorded. Mm-hmm. So there are states which require all parties to consent to any phone call being recorded, mm-hmm. uh, which will include California, Connecticut, Delaware, our own great state of Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, and Pennsylvania, and Washington. And then there's some laws in Delaware and Michigan that get a little funky. Mm-hmm. And again, that's coming over from The Verge. But my issue with this is bullshit because if that's the case in Florida, yeah. I want to know where all these robocalls. I get these robocalls yeah, all the time. Constant. Well, and they're they're massively illegal and their major problem it's just they can't, you know, they can't catch them because of digital spoofing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if you noticed lately like oh man, I've been getting so <laughs> I've been getting a massive amount of calls and they all the numbers look just like my phone number. Like mm-hmm. 407, the first three numbers are the same, the last four are different. Because once they get your number, it just uses your number to, to spoof other numbers calling right. you and uh, that's how they get you and there's it's really hard for them to track those down because they can ping them off of other numbers like if hell all you have to do is use Google Voice and it's even just using that it's hard to track back to you know your cell phone so it's a it's definitely a losing battle yeah whoever's in whoever's right. in charge of it they're definitely losing the fight against the robocalls but the other thing is that this is designed to be your personal assistant so it's designed to call businesses yeah. and set appointments for you and things like along those lines um, th- they haven't rolled out their corporate structure and how yeah. that's going to look when right. when they're selling this to companies. Oh yeah. Well, and then, yeah. So there's a business. couple pieces there. There. So, um, pulling from the Quartz article makes this really amazing point. Any call to a business that takes place between humans and the physical world is a click loss to the virtual world. Mm-hmm. So there's Google's angle on this mm-hmm. because the amount of search data that they're going to get and they and and, and we, there've been huge privacy concerns that that spoofed that that yeah. up around this too. Um, but they're right. Every time, every phone call is a loss of data for Google, which is a loss of money for Google. You know, I'm having some dreams of Delos. Um, well, and this is coming with this. This IO is happening amid you know a lot of controversy about Google and their privacy data. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I don't know. I don't. So the at the company I work for, there is a call center yeah. uh, that's got a couple hundred people, about hundred and something people in it. And so when I saw this, I, I went and talked to some of those folks. Because I was kind of curious as what they thought with this. Because you know, I look at this and I'm like, that call center it just became automated. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. if you can get this level, then mm. yeah. Um, and I was asking them, like, <laughs> but I was thinking about it from their angle. Yeah. You know, if if because a, a lot of folks that call into that call center call in to get simple information, not unlike making a reservation or hair appointment, right. they're calling in to find out a balance or to find out why a car transaction got denied or, you know, th- those kinds of deals. And so when they do, I was asking some of the CSRs, the, these call center reps, and their their response, I mean, it was a very informal and all that, but most of them were like, if it's good AI, I would rather talk to that than talk to a stupid person who's not paying attention to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, at least this time I'm not going to get yelled at, I'm not going to get screamed at, and I know that they're listening when I yeah. talk to them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> How long until, like, for instance, if I if I'm if I'm running the hair salon, and then you get this bot app to call me, I'm just gonna buy the bot app and put it to my phone to accept all these, you know, so I don't have to do it anymore. I'll use it on my end. Which, so at what point do we just end up with for Google? Yeah. Is the greatest possibility. Yeah. yeah. So, but so skip. Can't we just skip like the the whole calling thing and just do a 
back-end automated system where it just digitally talks to each other? Like, why do we have to literally have robots calling robots like they're humans when that's completely necessary? Uh, I bet it will yeah. do that if it knows that it's yeah. a business it will, that uses it. Something that's coming. True. It'll, it'll if one Google, yeah, if yeah. Google realizes it's calling Google, then yeah, they'll just bloop, bloop, there you go. Oh, done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this stuff, because and, and the mm. way this works too is, I mean, the, the layers of this go insane because in both of these instances, what mm. you're doing is you're telling your phone or you're telling your Google uh, your Google Home, mm-hmm. hey, make a make an appointment for make a hair cat appointment for Wednesday at seven, mm-hmm. and it goes through and it does that and it looks and it makes all this stuff. But if you tell it make an appointment for Wednesday in the evening, then it looks at your Google Calendar, it looks at the time spots that you have listed yourself as available, mm-hmm. and then in the first call again, we didn't play the first call, but the first call they have to change the time of the appointment, yeah, and it looks at your Google Calendar and does it so. I, as the person who told Google to go make the hair appointment, don't hear any of the conversation. The Google just comes back and tells me, hey, we made your hair appointment. You know? Yeah. By looking at your calendar, we found the available times, we took it, and, we, and we took that time there. Holy crap. hmm But do you think, to come back to Elijah's point, that they should be forced to identify themselves? Yeah, I think so. Is there something ethical? But doesn't that ruin the whole damn point? No, I don't think so. If... if if it says, um, you know, hi, this is Google AI calling for Al Sterling to set a hair appointment for next Tuesday, what's the big deal? I mean, it's, you know, I kind of agree with Dan because think, like you were saying, the CSRs, your, your call center reps were, were talking about. I mean, it's, it's infinitely preferable. The, the robot, the robocaller, the AI is, is not going to get angry at you or frustrated at you or call you demeaning names, no matter sort of how many times you have to restructure the time or, you know, go over the same information. Yeah. I think if it's a private individual calling a company, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I think if it's company calling a private individual, that's when they're going to want to hide the fact that it's an AI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're not going to. And we already right. have laws for that. Exactly. And they're not going to follow. <laughs> that's, <on>. Yeah, that's <laughs> not. Well, but they're, hey, don't be evil. Don't be. That's <laughs> not, it's not there anymore. Uh, and actually, as a follow-up to this, we're talking about Google. There have now been a dozen resignations at Google over their uh, contract with the Pentagon. Mm. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. how uh, a bunch of Google employees had risen up and said the whole uh, citing Google's original don't be evil motto yeah. that they work with the Pentagon and with um, the the some of the, the weapon systems and that kind of thing uh, went against Google's core model and uh, been about a dozen folks that have resigned their positions at Google as a result of it. Google didn't just choose to, to, to move away from the... Yeah. But I'm sure is a billion dollar contract with the Pentagon, and those people have pretty good resumes, I bet. Yeah, but hats so off, hats off to them. They'll be getting yeah, jobs. Man, do what you believe, brother. Do what you believe. Yeah, man. Maybe they can figure out, help Elon figure out how to make more cars faster, <laughs> <laughs> and not be evil. Yeah. Right, right. Which I mean, it depends on which way you think Elon's going. But yeah, that's, it really depends on that cyborg dragon. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be a big, <laughs> a big tell, a big tell on this whole superhero supervillain thing. I sort of feel like we were talking about the Patreon earlier, right? I sort of feel like our Elon level is outdated, right? Because mm-hmm. like all the stories of Elon now is he's out of money. Like he's just, he's spending that money like crazy. <laughs> I feel like our Elon level should be like $10 a day. Yeah, like just, <laughs> just, 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 just throw your just money throwing away. it out, burning it, letting it go. Hate, if you just hate how much money you have, yeah, exactly. you're good. we could just pay it, put a pay our rent button. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, you know? God. Can we please? Can we please put a pair? <laughs> we've only got a, we've got that, a, that's just, a good level. That's a, uh, uh, the studio's not free. Uh, I think that's it. So we'll keep, we will definitely be keeping an eye on Google Duplex. Can I tell you this other thing here? And I know, I know, I know, you're going to get a little controversial here, but I've already, I've already went after Pathfinder. So um, 
hey, Siri, where are you at? <laughs> I just imagine Siri and Google, like, they can't get along because <laughs> if it's Google and Google, you were saying, right? Like, they just sort of swap information right away. But uh-huh. when you get, like, Siri oh, and Siri. Google. <laughs> the Siri version and the yeah. Siri version doesn't understand what to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> can't understand the Google accent. No, forget about it. <laughs> Just saying. And uh, also, uh, that was our first time playing like a, a YouTube clip or an audio clip. Yeah. We have the technology. It worked. Yeah, man. So if uh, it worked, you might, we might be getting more technological. Yeah, man. Technologic mm-hmm. up yeah, in man. here. So hopefully, you know. Uh, we got, now we're, I have now finally relented and allowed Skype. Yeah. Uh, which will be happening, I think, the first time next week. Now, wait a second. We have a couch here now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't said that people can come sit on it yet, though. Uh, I don't think we're, I don't know if we're ready for to have, to have, we'll have some, have pa- someone sit on the couch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. I'm the nervous. We'll invite some Patreon members in here. Like, soon. that's true. And Patreon members can come do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Cause we really need that. Okay. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't afford to pay this rent out of pocket folks. <laughs> uh, you know, we ready for B roll. Yeah, we're ready for B roll. B roll. I mean, we're at an hour and 20. So oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I'm sorry, folks. We've been trying to make this episode shorter. I don't know. I was honestly like I was thinking on the way in. I'm like, okay, Liz is in here. So there's only one of us that runs their mouth. You all mean, the damn 10 time. minutes before we started recording, you were thinking that after she disappeared in a puff of smoke. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Right. When she disappeared, I thought, well, I because I'm now it's just me. I'm the one who does all the talking. Mm-hmm. Now that Liz is in here to also do some We're just talking. chop liver. Well, it, it, and also... Normal. But we talk so much, yeah, and yeah. I thought, well, now we'll be good. It turns out me by myself, I... Well, just D&D. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. yeah, I got salty on the Pathfinder thing, and yeah. that was uh, the, and and the D and D is our was our lightest subject today. <laughs> yeah. We chose some pretty deep dives today. That's true. So that's true. Uh, actually, this one I think may end up being a little bit lighter. There, a B roll is not going to be our heaviest story by a long shot. Uh, so B roll, 20th Century Fox has an, is announced at, at CinemaCon because of course there's a CinemaCon. Uh, a, they are developing a choose your own adventure movie mm-hmm. where the audience gets to be involved in the outcome of the movie. Okay. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> not, well, not on its face. On its face, it sounds great. The problem with this idea is people are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the same as every opening night of a Marvel movie, right? You just you just yell at the screen. <laughs> right, right. But now you yell at the screen yeah. with the possibility of changing it. That's true. Right, but there's only a, a fixed number of possible outcomes. That's that's true. How many times are you going back to the theater so you can finally see the one goddamn ending you've been trying to see? <laughs> and there's going to be some... This is like the fourth time you've gone to see this stupid movie. Wait for the DVD, bro. <laughs> and this one asshole is going to insist upon going the other way, and he's going to scream at everybody else in the theater to go the... Whatever. That's what makes me... Well, Sony's also gotten on, on this. Yes. With um, that... What is it? That moment when? Yeah, that moment when. Yeah, which is uh, available on Facebook and a couple other platforms. Uh, but this is uh, more of a serialized, you know. Like a sitcom. Like a sitcom feel. Yeah, which was really where you cool. you can choose your own adventure. So Eli, or Eli, so producer Dan uh, showed me this, this before we started recording today mm-hmm. between, between games. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I think it was between Overwatch and Age of Empires 2. Um, 
and it was hilarious. Like it was really funny, and it was really well done, and it was seamless. Yeah. So yeah. you're when you're watching this one, and it's uh, EKO Echo EKO dot com, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're watching it, like the one that they were, well, she was trying, she ran into some guy at a party, and she's trying to remember his name. And so when she's trying to remember what it was about, it gives you these three options that kind of appear on the screen, and you got to pick which one. And while you're debating, she's just like filling in the gap, which is ad libbing. Just- umming and eyeing yeah. and, and, and it, it's very cute it is you know, yeah. it's, it was really cool and it was very yeah. smooth and when you hit it there's no delay there's no nothing it kind of keeps going and the, the lead actress on that is uh, Milana Vanterbum which I believe uh, is Vantrub she's and so she was the, isn't she the one from the AT&T commercials yeah and she's also going to be Squirrel Girl yes. on the new uh, Defenders series oh, which hopefully is or the new Warriors I mean which, which will hopefully be good yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, be that's on freeform, right? Yeah, it won't be her fault, is what I'll tell you. Right, uh, I don't think it'll be her fault. She actually, and she went to the audition for that in costume as Squirrel Girl. Yeah, you're damn right, she did. Yeah, and she got it. You know, the other girls were looking at her, going, "Oh, son of a bitch." <laughs> Um, so anyway, so yeah, so so that one, and then what was the other one that you were talking about, uh, producer, uh, technical director? Eli? <laughs> Al's done. He's over. <laughs> He's got us totally mixed up. Yeah. It was uh, Realm Pictures. They used to do chat roulette, like live action chat roulette, non porn version, non porn. Like this is legit. Like because <laughs> I was I was. A chat roulette fan back in the day. Right, right. I love this you some chat roulette. Like the good chat roulette. Right. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but when chat roulette first came out, it wasn't just people naked. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it no, was like actually like legitimately conversations with and other meeting people. meeting people and like, you know, like we do things like we'd have a party and just open up the computer facing the party. And as random people cycle through, just interact, you know, during the party at random. <laughs> so anyway, this, this, this realm pictures group, they did like they built a whole UI you know, graphical mm-hmm. UI. And I mean, very, very highly produced like sets, like a, a church with a field and an outhouse and a secondary building, like all part of their whole set, all lit with live actors. And when the random sort of chat roulette people would get matched up with them, they would just see this like a, a, a like hand, a video game, you know, like a hand with like a crowbar and all this UI, like a video game. And they'd be like, what, what, what is this? And the guy would say, what should I do? There's a body on the floor. Any direction, and they would sort of just verbally talk them through it. Well, uh, poke the body. Is it dead? Mm-hmm. It's dead. Search it for search it for weapons. You know, and then like a zombie sort of comes out of the corner, and you have to fight it, and then just work your way through these puzzles. And it's very interactive and very entertaining. And it was all done sort of spurred on the moment with these chat roulette people. Now there hasn't been one for a couple of years. I think two or three years. But go check yeah. them out. Um, they're and they've they're got, impressive. And they, they did they did one based on Hitman, the Hitman video games. Yeah. With a bunch of YouTube celebrities, uh, that was um, production quality. So, the, and, and this does have a choose your own adventure feel. But the thing that makes all of those work is it's one person making the decisions. Yes. Yeah. I don't know the how this format, works yeah. at a movie format. This uh, is there going to be an, like a phone app where everybody's going to vote on their phone? It sounded like it. Which now okay. means that you're telling everyone to pull their phone out in the middle of a movie. Well, I mean, if it's part of the experience, though, it's not as uh, it's not really a distraction. You know yeah. What I mean? That's the problem with do- pulling your phone out during Infinity Wars. It's a distraction. Yeah, right. but does does this eliminate the the possibility of having a sequel? I mean, if there could be three or four endings, how do you make a sequel? You I know? guess you don't. Yeah, you, you just don't. make another choose your own adventure. <laughs> well, and they said, so. well, you could. I same. mean, let's say it's an Indiana Jones choose your own adventure. Right. No matter how the Indiana Jones movie works out, they can make another one. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's true. Well, but I mean, it works out. 
you know, you see one version of the movie, somebody else sees a different version of the movie. Mm-hmm. How does that affect reviews? You know, uh, I guess theaters are going to like it because more people are going to come back over and over. Right. But well, stop going left. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, and this is so there is so the, uh, one of the more modern versions of this too is an HBO series called Mosaic. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to go through and and for, for this I sat down and watched Mosaic convinced my wife despite the fact that every Harry Potter movie is currently available on HBO <laughs> and uh, uh, so is Michelle Wolf's comedy. So, so Silicon Valley, bro. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Although his cryptocurrency thing was really good. Um, I just, I couldn't get into Silicon Valley. Uh, but so was Michelle Wolf's stand-up special, which looked really good. But we didn't watch any of that. We watched Mosaic mm-hmm. because Mosaic, you could interact with it and learn about it through the app, through the desktop, through the whatever, through the whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I watched the first episode and searched for indica- instructions on what to do and how to choose my own adventure as a result of this. There's nothing. There was nothing to explain what to do next. I downloaded the app. There was nothing to watch. There was, I mean, there was just the episode. Was and I'm like, how does this tell me what? It, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. The, this whole point was that Mosaic is a murder mystery, and you're supposed to like, not unlike a Jail Mose and McShane murder mi- yeah, mystery series. That's right. Yeah, so. book one, books one through five is available on Kindle right now. Anyway, the um, that's right. Shameless motherfuckers, mm-hmm. uh, but there's no there. There was no instructions there, which I think is gonna be the other thing here is you've got to make sure that if you're gonna do this in a theater, mm-hmm. you've got to make this real simple. Oh yeah, like I'm not a complete idiot. I couldn't figure this out. Yeah, I, so I all right. So I've done I do audiovisual for a living, and I've done huge conventions, huge corporations, right. And this is this is something they do, right? You have a CEO or someone on stage, or you know marketing guy and they'll give every person in the audience i mean 500 2000 people it doesn't matter a little keypad you know so they can they can put yeah. up a poll you know on the large 60 foot screen and have people you know put in their answer and y- you watch these guys and they're giving a like a v- sometimes they're good speakers and they're giving a very good very mm-hmm. engaging presentation and then they stop all right let's let's do the poll and there's that 10 seconds of like awkward. Yeah. I wonder what you guys are going to choose. Hmm, is it going to be a, is it going to be B? And then right. it comes up and you know, everyone chose the stupid answer because they're bored. You know, it's the end of the day. Right. They just want to go to lunch. So I'm, a, I'm picked and it's, it's, it's a cool idea, but it, it's good for information, but it's, I've never seen it be good for like the flow of entertainment. Right. So imagine, a, I don't see where in a movie this could fit in. Cause it's got a, stop right like even the right. one that dan showed earlier like it sort of had to stop and the girl to him and ha for four yeah. or five seconds and, and free she to choose. did a really good job Very, yeah. Was, yeah i the, mean the theater is not going to do that good of a job the studios yeah well and that's the thing too is like and if you're going to now include if you're now going to include either you're going to include these things by phone which is going to deal with whatever issues you're going to have around uh the technology cell phone communication wi-fi blah 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 mm-hmm. Or you're going to have uh, the little thing, an extra device, which you've yeah. now got to figure out how to connect by phone or by by punching the device to the projector, which has got to then adjust. That's it's it's going to be like I got it. It's going to be like the games from like Dave and Buster's, you know, mm-hmm. like the like the driving shoot 'em up games. Like you're 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 hauling ass and you're cruising through and you and your partner are shooting and then it stops because the boss comes out and it goes real slow motion and it starts showing like the targets like this is A this is B this is C <laughs> and you gotta like choose the direction or shoot the direction you know yeah, you have, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, yeah. a limited time to punch the answer in your phone before it goes because they gotta find some way to keep it to keep it going otherwise yeah. it's just gonna I imagine Marvel right like. Yeah, Thanos holds up. Whoa, 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 yeah, your, yeah. Okay. Thanos holds up his fingers to snap, and then all of a sudden it, it stops and says, "Does A, B, or C happen?" Yeah, yeah. Right? right. Like, 
You, Hank, you just you just ruined it. Yeah, this is. I don't, well, and, and to be clear here too, 20th Century Fox has said that they are they are piloting this with Choose Your Own Adventure. So their intention is to do a whole lot more with this than just than just the Choose Your Own Adventure books. The other thing that I see this, this supposed working, to be like in the, the next 3D. See, I don't. Uh, the, the the other place that I see this working is more of like an attraction kind of thing. Where oh, sure. Oh, yeah. At a, sure. like a special theater at Disney, you can watch this thing where they have the button built into your chair, and every time it's an A, B, or C choice, and you hit the thing on your on your chair, that well, makes sense. I might have insider information and seen one, mm-hmm. like a, a system built for theaters where you stand. In the, it's basically like being on a Disney ride or Universal Studios ride, but mm-hmm. made for theaters. Small, compact, huh. yet highly interactive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Huh. Uh, the, the people are developing them. It's whether or not the theaters are able to feel like they can buy into them and make it a market. Adding it in something like, like yeah. you're saying, the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been wanting to check out the 4D uh, theater down at uh, Point Orlando. Well, that's the one where you get like smells and yeah. like, physical movement. Yeah, like your chair tilts back yeah. during the crawl of a, a Star Wars movie. Huh. If it snows in the, the- in the movie, it snows in the theater, all that kind of stuff. Be such a bitch to clean up, <laughs> and it's only like ten dollars, or not even ten dollars more than IMAX. <laughs> that's right. That's a lot of. Now it's twenty seven dollars. It's right, ticket. right, right. right. Uh, okay, so I think it's twenty four. We'll we'll keep an eye on this one for you too. But I do I do think you should absolutely absolutely check out that moment when available on through Facebook. Search the Facebook for that moment when you'll Come see it through e- uh, Echo E K O uh, is the studio that does it. That one's actually was really good. Mm-hmm. And the, what was the other one? The Realm uh, uh, something Realm something whatever the <laughs> Realm Pictures Realm Pictures. And you uh, check out the YouTube series Realm uh, YouTube channel Realm Pictures. Yeah, just some really I mean they're really interesting ways that folks are doing some interactive stuff like that. We'll just see how it works. Yeah, see what's coming All down right. the pipeline. All right, here now I know she's not here, but uh, we're still gonna do Liz's mom. Okay. Because we will not let a lack of Liz stop us from doing her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I couldn't remember how to throw mm. a boomerang, <laughs> but it came back to me. It was short, sweet, to the point. You know? <laughs> I did it. I like it. Those, those the little ones, little quick ones, those, those little jabs, right? The jabs. I did, look, I got jabs, through it, it, and I did it. Yeah. 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 And you're smiling. I of course I am because I, I'm earning my $20 a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash for geek's sake. I think we have to limit how many people we can allow to create new content because I did. I just started thinking like if we yeah. had like 12 backers and I had to create a segment for each of them, we just have to create a show that's just their yeah. segment. So we have to limit these. Welcome guys. to the Patreon listener show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is only interesting to the 12 of you that paid us to do a segment. Uh, that's there that's, you go. So yeah, Boomerang came back. Ha ha ha. Shameless plugs. Eli, you want to start? So um, mm. you know how we can fall down rabbit holes sometimes like you get on YouTube and you know you, you go down a rabbit hole or something or you get on Netflix and it's like hey you like this maybe you should watch this well uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime have added a whole bunch of new Bollywood movies <laughs> and awesome. I can't stop watching them <laughs> I cannot like I'm staying up to one in the morning <laughs> on work two in the mornings on work nights watching these movies because they're incredible. Like their Hollywood is as good as ours. I'm not going to lie. It's just, I I love comparing what we're staying up until two in the morning watching. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like so just because it's so different, but we're such great friends. They don't have, 
like they don't have CGI like we have, you know, like they're, they're still doing things old school, like Disney style, like, you know, glass plate photography, like, like mm-hmm. crazy, like, you know, like star Wars, like they have to go through and etch every piece of film to do a lightsaber. Like they're doing it right. old school, but they've, they just keep perfecting that technology. Whereas, you know, here we just make everything digital. They're perfecting all this really, really cool technology. For instance, like there's a scene and it's uh, what was this one called? It was Bua Holly, Bahua Holly too. I think it was called. It's hard to say the names. Yeah. yeah. Subtitled, but like just the cinematography, the lighting, the costuming, it's, it's amazing. Like the quality is great. Um, it gets kind of cheesy. Of course, that's the best part of it. Oh yeah. But, and they're usually musicals. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lots and lots of uh, musical features. So there's like a, a cityscape, like a, like a courtyard with a castle in the background and a, you know, small buildings and like an army of people gathered inside of the courtyard and the cameras sort of, it's nighttime cameras flies down, you know, pans and flies through this courtyard. Obviously it's a model like every, like everyone's in perfect rows and perfectly stiff. There's no faces. Right? It's like it might as well be minifigs. You know, you can kind of tell they, they did what they could, but you can tell. So it wasn't a drone, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the little castle is like at the back of it and has like a real small window and that window has like a golden glow and it's flying towards that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, you're going over just over the heads of all the minifigs. Then it goes into this window of this like toy castle but as it goes through this window you go into the room like all one smooth motion you're into the room and it's like a full set like it goes from like this miniature and it goes into the miniature and then they're in this room and it's like a live action set and it's like amazing real people like and amazing not just real but amazing cinematography and just it looks fantastic how they how they take one to the other like they got some they're doing some good shit over there so Wait a, if I was to guess which one of my friends were going to go Bollywood, yeah, I don't know the tattoo director <laughs> Eli would have been my guess, yeah. but awesome. Well, let's just say it's got a hero. He's got some superpowers. We hear any good songs. Let me know. Yeah, the, you know, this one, this one, actually, was, I really, I do. I really like their music. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, That's yeah. why I said get your oh, good okay. songs. Yeah. Let me know. This one was light on the music, which is nice. Like there's a couple songs, but no, nothing crazy. Some of them, they're just, it's like they don't have any spoken word, uh, but uh, there's some bowls with uh of flaming horns. You know, oh. The uh, main character has superpowers, basically, and the fight scenes are way better than Marvel fight scenes. I just got to tell you. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. They're well, sorry, w- way more entertaining. Not as entertaining as Spider Man and um, Doc- Doctor Strange, because that was pretty incredible, mm-hmm. but they are very entertaining. Um, and the, the drama curve is quite nice, too. All right. Like okay. things happen in the next scene, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> What is going on? So there, right, there so you go. Bollywood on Amazon Prime and on Netflix. Yeah, and I'll, I, 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 you know what? I'm just going to come on the show and do a Bollywood story every week, all summer long. I'm like Eli's Bollywood Quarter, breaking it down. <laughs> just like the whitest guy we could find. I love it. I think he's exceeded the twenty dollars a month requirement. <laughs> yes, it's yes, so, he has. Oh yeah, good, yeah, good point. Oh yeah, no, he <laughs> he could just yeah, we could rename this Eli's Bollywood this week in Bollywood. Yeah, this is. Uh, all right. Can, can I filibuster? Do you, I have that authority? <laughs> I don't. I don't have the ability to stop you financially. So, uh, producer Dan, as always, you can find me at EpicEventsOrlando.com for all your DJ needs. Um, and I don't really have anything to plug per se uh, otherwise this week. But I'm gonna uh, just put a, a little piece of advice out there for young parents. Um, Google the term oh. hair tourniquet. Oh, and just check all appendages of your babies uh, for hair tourniquets. All, all of their horrible things. And that's all I'm going to say about it. All of them. All of them. 
Okay. Especially if there's boys. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have... Um, Actually, so I'm actually gonna uh, I'm gonna throw back something I, I, I mentioned a long, long time. No, it's not Dresden Files. Uh, <laughs> there is a a web comic that I came back to that I hadn't looked at in a long time called Table Titans. Okay. So yeah. Table Titans is uh, it's a web comic, and the premise of it is there is a bunch of people like it's a it looks like you know your, your standard web comics. You've got like and like the, the single cell animation kind of thing, uh, and it's about a bunch of people playing Dungeons and Dragons that then as the, as the DM starts to run the adventure, it transitions to their characters. And so for the majority of it is actually their characters actually having the adventure. And then every once in a while, they'll jump back to the table and show the actual players. The animation is fantastic. The way they do it is fantastic. And the storyline has just been so good. And I, I hadn't gotten a chance to look at it in a long time, and I came back to it recently and caught up, and holy crap, man. Just, yeah. if you enjoy Dungeons & Dragons, if you want to learn about Dungeons & Dragons, Table Titans is just phenomenal, and I cannot recommend it enough. It, does it have that Harmon Quest feel? No, this one takes itself seriously is a strong term, um, but uh, uh, it's it takes itself it's a little more serious. Okay. I mean, it's still silly, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not the over-the-top silly. It's not a comedy first, that I makes guess, sense. is what we got here. Um, I just found one. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we're only at an hour 39. So, so why not? Let's do this Screw thing. it. Um, Everyone's bailed out already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Alistair Stevens put out his uh, Story in Star Wars podcast for uh, The Last Jedi this past Friday, and as Ooh. always, it is superb. Oh. You, what did you think of movies with Mikey's defen- in defense of The Last Jedi? Um, it was great. What do you mean? It's movies with Mikey, bro. I know. <laughs> I just really want to pinch movies with Mikey. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's going to do it. want to say thank you to, uh, to technical director Eli and for producer Dan yeah, for uh, keeping us company. Uh, I want to say also a quick thank you to co-host Liz for defending our country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. Yeah. And not Although being here because uh, we would have gone two hours. I think if Liz had also been here, we'd be on hour three. We'd just be wrapping up this week in geek. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, I bl- I'm trying to blame Liz for this. Like, I'm not the reason we're sitting in an hour 40. Uh, all right. I blame her for <laughs> there it. There goes that excuse from now on. I know, right? That's <laughs> uh, right, because when I'm not in the episode, you got the episode's like 35 minutes. Hmm. It's just me. Funny, isn't it? Yeah, I was really hoping to find somebody else to blame. What are you going to do? <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check us out. iTunes reviews. We got those five free games we're giving away. Until next week, this is Al Sterling saying, well, you brought quite the entourage. Do you have a mixtape coming out? Yeah.